Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Welcome to Attention Matters with your host, Alice Aspen-March. Alice is here to discuss why the kind of attention we get and give to others is vital and impacts our behavior and our feelings. People can remember forever the kind of attention they got from teachers, parents and grandparents, dentists, from everyone in their lives, especially when it feels good and or feels bad. Alice is here to give you tools to intervene in your attention factor. So please welcome the host of Attention Matters, Alice Aspen-March. Hello, welcome to Bold Brave Media, Alice Aspen-March, and my show called Attention Matters. You know, there's been a lot of attention paid to some New New York Times articles recently about attention, even though they never mentioned the word. Very interesting. And last week we talked about how important attention is to everybody, especially little kids, because when they they get the kind of attention they need and want to be able to go into school, Head Start particularly was uh, was created to help the kids, the little kids in poverty, be equal to the kids who were coming into kindergarten having had a nursery school experience, and it worked because they treated the kids holistically, not only socially, but academically, nutritionally, experientially. And it has thrived from 1965, when President Johnson started it, because the, the kids who were living in the poverty area weren't getting a fair break. Anyway, we went on to talk about something that's new to me and to everybody, I think, called snowplow parents. And these are the parents who remove all the obstacles for their kids to make it easier or, well, there are really a lot of reasons for this. I personally think it's a parent's need to control. And it doesn't really give the kids a fair shake either. Now, these kids, the connections between early attention giving 
And the college kids who are in their junior years has been made because of this so-called snowplow parenting. The kids get to college and they, they don't know how to solve anything. They don't know how to solve a problem. They don't know how to make decisions because their parents have done it all. So I've been thinking this past week because there are two things for me in my own childhood that really I still, they still stand up as not being what I needed. I went to a summer, I'm an only child. I was an only child. I still am an only child. And I went to a summer camp for four years, two months. I loved it so much because it gave me an opportunity to be with kids and I had all the sports I could do and it was just wonderful. And the fifth year I was asked to be a counselor in training and my mother said no. And I was heartbroken because it was like sort of an award for getting to be 15. Very important time. Um, because I, I was a, a really Miss Goody Two-Shoes, I, I mourned, but not enough. I didn't act out anything. And when you don't get the kind of attention you need, the default position is to really act out. But that was not acceptable in my house. Uh, this is a long time ago, so parenting was different. Anyway, much later on, oh, much later on, when I was already a mother of two, I think, I asked my mother why she wouldn't let me go and be a counselor in training. And she said, Alice, we had planned to drive to California, and if you weren't with me, I would have died. Well, whose need was that? Certainly not mine. I needed to go to be a counselor in training. So what I did was figure it out many years ago while I lived in California. I created an experience for myself where I could be staff at a retreat. So I could feel like I was on the inside with the grown-ups. I knew what I was doing. And this helped. But this is all come back. It's all coming back to me now. Uh with this, uh, this emphasis talking about snowplow parents because I missed a whole summer that probably um, would have meant a great deal to me. So we're all, we're all talking about this, we adults, we older adults, because it's, it's there on the front pages of the paper and in the magazines. And we're reliving some of our childhoods where we didn't get what we needed. And I think when you do that, when you, when you hear me and I talk about attention all the time and I'm, I know that I am very attentive because when you give someone the kind of attention they need, they automatically smile. Most marvelous physical phenomenon. Try it sometime and see if it works. It's just it, the body just has to respond because they're getting what they need. This attention is our primary need for everybody. Doesn't matter how old you are, how young, how rich, how poor, how where you come from, how fat, how thin, what color you are. We are the human being and so do animals by the way. Their primary need is for attention. 
So I didn't know anything when I started this. I was really on a quest to find out what what role I played in my youngest son's dysfunctional behavior because he went from a heavy television viewing to using drugs. That's what he did in Los Angeles. And I was really terrified I could use him. I say this a lot as a beginning to my introduction, in my introduction, because I want people to know what caused me to go looking for a definition of attention. I, what did I know about attention? Nobody talks about it. Have you, has anybody in your life ever said to you, for instance, what kind of attention would you like from me, Alice? Or have you ever said that to somebody? Do you know what kind of attention you'd like from me? But there's another sentence you have to add to that because people, I don't think people even are conscious of what kind of attention they want from people. You must say, and if you don't know right now, please think about it and tell me so I know what to give you. And if I can't give you, we'll talk the kind you need. We'll talk about that. But at least I'll have a starting point. This has to be made available in families particularly. Every relationship is loaded with good and bad attention giving. And if you're really in a relationship, if you don't get the kinds you want, uh, you're out of there because it hurts too much. I wonder how many of you have read The Scarlet Letter by Nathaniel Hawthorne. You know what happened to them and why she wore The Scarlet Letter. That was for... uh, Oh, my mind is going. But anyway, she didn't get the kind of attention she wanted from her part uh, from her husband, so she walked down the street. These are things that people don't consciously know. And that is also why we have a nation of acting out people because they feel empty. Their primary need has not been met. And I said to somebody the other day, I guess the reason why it isn't a common discussed and common read about uh, subject is because it's too simple. I've spent over 25 years talking about this and I researched this subject for four because I had an epiphany, my first and last, over the word attention when I was looking, looking at what I'd done and I didn't know what kind of attention I wanted. So how would I know that anybody else in my family needed their particular kind of attention and for most of us it's never the same because we really need different kinds I don't need yours you don't need mine so this has to be straightened out so in my research I went I must have gone through about 75 books in the index never saw the word except attached to AD ADD and ADHD which I wasn't looking for. I didn't know what I was looking for, really. And I did find it in a book by Dr. Bernard Siegel, the name of which is Love, Medicine, and Miracles. And I'll save that for later because um, I have to keep track of the time. This is a new experience for me to be the hostess. I have been on mega radio shows before, but it wasn't my responsibility to keep track of time. So this is only my fourth show, and uh, I'm loving sharing my work because people say, interesting, 
I never thought of this before. Or when I give a big speech, the, the every time I hear, why haven't we heard this before? Because my work works in families, it works in healthcare situations, it works in home situations, it works with children, it works with seniors, it works with dogs, it works with everybody. All you have to really retain from this whole hour is that attention is everybody's primary need. And when we get what we want, we thrive. And when we don't get what we want or need, we feel empty and angry, and our default is to act out. And I often ask, how many of you have friends who are acting out right now? Every hand goes up. So I said, well, try... Try giving them the kind of attention they want and ask them and have this going on in your life. So it's a beautiful day in New York. Our phone number is 866-451-1451. Please call us and ask questions. We're live, you know, and we're on boldbravemedia.com. Let me see. You know, attention doesn't have to cost anything, and you never run out of it. Just think about that for a second. It's probably our most important human resource for leadership, for developing relationships, for taking care of seniors who are often so lonesome and don't think anybody cares about them. Mom, I did say this to my mother shortly before she died at the age of 78. Mom, I'm going to the market while you're in the dentist. What would you like me to buy you? You'll never guess what she told me. Donut holes. That's what my mother wanted, and that's what she got. And in two days, she was gone. So I felt that I really took care of her till the very end. And as an only child, sometimes that's what we do. And that's what we have to do because nobody else is around. Donut, you see, to her, donut holes were evidence that I really cared about her. And this is what the communication of doing lovely things, recognizing people, including them, listening to them. People know when they're not being listened to. Because, you know, attention is really an energy. And we can feel it. We can see it. We can hear it. Here's another story for you. One of my doctor of psychology friends in Los Angeles had a a son who, when he was just about 20, said to his father, and this man was the kindest the sweetest, the most eloquent physician. Dad, why did you hit me so much when I was little? And I, uh, uh, and my friend said, I never, I never hit you. I never hit you. But, but he thought to himself, maybe when I shouted at him, he felt hit. And this is very important. I think everybody should pay attention to this one. When, when, okay, we'll be back. We're going to commercial now. I hope I finished my thought because I have more to say and I have a guest. 
that I'm very thrilled about. Bye for now. Joseph A. Moylan is the owner of Ion Health, which specializes in very unique medical devices. Ion Health offers biomats, alkalife, and frequency machines. Biomats are a far infrared and negative ion emitting FDA approved medical device. With many different sizes available, you can place them on your bed, on a massage table, or on a seat in your car. It is an unobtrusive way to health. Alkalife machines are water ionizers that cleanse and raise the alkalinity of your tap water, making high alkaline water. Frequency machines utilize certain frequencies to kill viruses and bacteria. These devices are safe and effective. Coming from a health-conscious background and studying physiology at the Academy of Natural Health, Joseph A. Moylan has 15 years of experience in the health field and wants to help you live a healthy, long life. Visit www.ionhealthbiomats.weebly.com or call 765-520-2988. Don't let your health go astray. Get in touch today. French Rastafarian baker Chef Oug Mat is a fourth-generation baker and has worked in 11 countries across three continents. Born in Mulhouse, France, he began apprenticing in his father's bakery at age 12 and has devoted his life to learning cultures of the world from inside kitchens across the globe. He also teaches traditional French baking by hosting demonstrations and classes, and his passion for baking is reflected in his delicious confections. With a deep respect for discipline and his Rastafarian way of life, Chef Ouvmat exemplifies commitment to tradition and culture in a global world. Traveling extensively and combining a myriad of flavors into his recipes, Chef Ouvmat brings a unique approach to baking. To read more about the French Rastafarian baker, visit www.frenchchefoug.com. That's H-U-G-U-E-S. Bon appétit and bless up. And we have a guest whose name is Calvin Garcia and has worked with me for, I think, six weeks now. And is he makes up for everything I don't know, technically. And he is a... He's a special guy, and I asked him if he would talk about maybe what he's learned and didn't know or anything. Um, do you do you want to talk about snowplow parents, Calvin? Uh, sure, Alice. Sure. I mean, uh, from the time I've spent with you, I've learned a lot about snowplow parents and or <laughs> snowplow parenting, and pretty much the negative effects that that would leave on a child, and especially when they go into adulthood. Well, you know, let me just say this. There were no parenting classes. Nobody talked about how to be a parent. In 1944, they were still conducting an experiment of two groups of infants. One infant got all the attention they needed, cuddling, eye contact, talking, whatever whatever kids needed, they gave them. The other group got nothing. And the other group was thriving and doing very well. And when an extraordinary number of the kids in the group that got nothing died, they quit the experiment. That was Mm -hmm. in 1944. So the very fact that they're, they're paying attention now to to helicopter parenting and to snowplow parents gives us a whole bunch of new things to look for and to be to be conscious of when you're a parent. You're a parent. Right. You're right. Yeah, I am. And, and, that's, uh, and that's the thing. It's uh, um, 
snowplow parents, I believe they just give the wrong kind of attention to their child. They do everything for them, and at the end of the day, you know, they deprive them from the experience of actually learning how to solve problems on their own. If, if, if there's not somebody there to take care of their problems, then really, they don't know what that's, to do. That's the bottom line. And actually, snowplow parents are exercising their needs to control and to know what's going on at all times. And I would almost say that for 100 percent, it probably isn't, but they never know what the kids' needs are because they've never asked them. This is new. And it's, it's true, and it's more like when they do their snow plowing, I guess you can call it. You can. Um, yeah, it, it's really to fulfill their own needs, and it's not really looking towards – it's not really looking at the child's needs at all. It's just, I want this done because I want it this way, as opposed to, I want this done because you may want it this way. That's right. There, I, I, I was talking to the, the head of the dental school one day. I was applying for a speech, and uh, he said to me, I've had mothers come in with their applications, with the child's applications, and Afterwards, if he didn't get into dental school, they called up to see why not. I would never take a child whose mother brought his application in or her application. I mean, right, the, because it shows it shows that the child isn't doesn't have individuality. He's not a he, he's not going to ever be by himself. His mom's always going to be there for him. Yep, and she's always going to stand up for him. He's not going to learn to be an independent, standing up person for himself and to get his own needs met. Correct. That's correct. Do you think you Do you think you were ever helicopter? I mean, uh, snowplowed. <laughs> I love the expression. <laughs> no, unfortunately. Uh, well, fortunately, I would say I was never actually uh, snowplowed uh, by my parents. My parents were the type to tell me, uh, "Hey, there's the water. Go swim." If you yeah, drown, well, we'll save you before you go, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. But when they didn't I do it in a, in a cruel way. It was more like, you got to learn how to, how to do things on your own. We're not going to be here forever. That's right. And, you know, I remember twice, and, and I hadn't thought about this before. I, I heard the expression, and I saw why kids were coming back to school. They're dropping out. My my mother wanted to put me on a budget to, so I could learn how to use my financial and my time. I was growing up. And she said, my father's name was Jerry. Jerry, we've got to put Alice on a budget so she knows how to really budget her, her, her allowance and how to buy clothes. And this is what he said. Well, what does she have to know that for? Wow. That is an example of really retaining control so either I would know nothing about my clothes or they would keep buying them for me and I would never have the experience of really budgeting how much money I had. Now, I may even entitle my book. So what do you have to know that for? Because there was another time. <laughs> I took manual training, which I loved. I was learning how to operate all the, you know, all the machines and everything else. And I learned how to plug in a lamp cord, I mean the little plug into the cord. I was so excited. I came home. I said to my dad, I have something to show you. Now, you've got to understand that my energy was very high at this point. And I told him, and he looked at me, and he says, 
Well, what do you have to know that for? Mm. So we have to realize what we're saying because those words haunt us all the time. Now, my my folks were good people. My father was a very prestigious physician, and my mother was a teacher and a concert pianist. They weren't, they weren't, uh, I don't know what to say about this, but they only parented like they'd been parented out of their own experience. Therein lies the rub, because they never got the kind of attention they needed, so how would they know how to give it to us? There was no conversation around this. Right, and I can only imagine that back then there was only one way to do things, and that was the way, like you said, that was the way your mom and dad used to do it. And who knows how long that went on for, you know? For as long as people had children. Right. Really. When I was uh, a parent of an adolescent, um, somebody was taking a course on adolescents, which were teens. Now, my father, the physician... He was an ophthalmologist, um, didn't believe in adolescence. Where that came from, I don't know. But, of course, he never had one, so how would he know? Um, And I wasn't allowed to be one. I couldn't wear lipstick. My mother would go to the front door and say, Alice came home with lipstick, and I'd get a small lecture. I never got hit. It wasn't that. It was an emotional neglect. But I really, I long forgiven them. Because it's wasted energy not to forgive them because they didn't know any better. If they had gotten the kind of attention they they needed, they would have felt that. Now, right. when I was a young bride, uh, and I, I, w- I want you to talk about how, it, how your perspective has changed, but I just want to say one more thing. I'm taking up too much time when I have a guest. I got to live in Japan with a Japanese family because my husband was drafted and I went there. And I felt so different in their house because they wanted me there, first of all. They weren't scared of me. And Dr. Masaki had been in Germany to train, and he said, Alice, I know what it's like to be a foreigner in a foreign country. I want you in my house. That was just amazing to me. I could feel the difference. Now, the difference was my parents only had an only child, and that only child should be perfect. Well, there is no perfect child. That's true. So you're on, Kelvin. I'm through. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I agree with, with, with everything that you, that you say, and uh, especially about the snowplow parenting and I mean, really, you have a lot of insights on these uh, on these issues, Alice. I mean, the show is yours. You should be the one actually, you know, educating us, enlightening us, enlightening us. Well, I am, but I want to know what if you've done any. Now that you're a father of about to be teen, and uh, you've listened to me go on and on, has it changed what you're doing with anybody, or do you just think about it, or do you actually do it? Well, I mean, to to be quite honest with you, um, even though, uh, like like what you said, you know, attention is so obvious, it, it really isn't, you know. Since I've been working with you for the past couple of weeks, you know, you've really opened my eyes to how much, how powerful, you know, paying a little bit of attention to my daughter's, you know, when she comes home and tells me about her day, 
just paying attention to her and, and giving her my full attention, it makes her feel better. It makes her more, it makes her feel more loved. And Absolutely. I, and in turn, me as a parent, I feel like I'm doing something better for her. And, and all I'm doing is just sitting down and having a simple conversation with her. It doesn't cost me a dime. All it costs me, it costs me is a few moments of my time. And to be honest with you, I wouldn't trade those moments for anything else. That is so nice. That's the truth. That's the truth. You know, our kids really need us to listen to them and to look at them and to to hug them when it's appropriate. You know, we need 14 hugs a day to keep our immune system up. They I've need a physical yeah, they need a physicalness with us. It's not a romantic hug. It's not a sexual hug. It's just a plain, ordinary, I love you, and I'm glad you're mine. And, you know, people go around and they say, I love you, I love you, I love you, all the time. But if they don't feel loved, if they don't get loving gestures from the people who are saying, I love you, it's gone. You know, for instance, a drunk is sitting at the bar and he's telling everybody, I really love my wife. I love my wife. But his wife is sitting at home expecting him for dinner at 6 o'clock. And this is 8 o'clock. And he's never even called her up to say, honey, I'm going to be late. Now, that's pretty right. simple, isn't it? This, his wife cannot possibly feel that he loves her. And, and we see that all over town, everywhere. I mean, we examples of people who are acting out to get attention. That uh, it's it's scary. Yeah, That's true. absolutely true. And you you live with your uh, you have a wonderful living situation. I take my hat off to you. The whole family lives in a three a four story building, right? Uh, so you got home your parents. A private home. Mm -hmm. Well, well, I meant that. You've got your sister on one floor. You've got your parents on one floor. You're on one floor. Who's on the other floor? Uh, my parents are on the first. I'm on the second. And my sister's in the basement. Oh, okay. Well, you know, for the because you hold, you support each other, you uh, know what each other are doing, and you can give attention, which they can't get any other way. We'll be back. The earliest human societies worshipped a female goddess. Little is known about this time because we did not always have a written recorded history. It was around 3100 BC when the Sumerians invented the first written language, and everything that preceded this time is prehistory. The prehistorical record includes all of women's unwritten history from 30,000 BC to the time that men began achieving political power around 3000 BC. Male feminist artist Kimberly Berg maintains a strong position in educating and inspiring both men and women through his devotional art to the goddess in all women. Studying their history is paramount to understanding who women were and who they would become later living in a patriarchal society. To learn more about this important time in our history, go to www.isisrising.net. If you're a person caring for someone living with dementia, then this program is for you. It's designed for families and friends coping with the challenges of caregiving. The foundation of care, Susan Culler believes, is communication. 
Innovative Dementia Care with Susan Kohler provides strategies to keep the lines of communication open between you and your loved one, increase quality interactions, decrease the burden of daily care for you, the caregiver. Join Susan, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network. Susan and her guests will share techniques so you can facilitate your loved one's ability to safely follow your instructions, participate in daily activities, and express daily wants and desires. To learn positive solutions, creative ideas, and practical strategies that will build a healthy foundation of care. I remembered what the scarlet letter stands for, so I have to go back from it. Adultery. When you don't Get the kind of attention you need in a relationship. A romantic relationship, we'll, we'll talk about different relationships. The default, the default, the natural default is to withdraw. And that is to get angry. And then it's to leave. I mean, it takes a while. But ultimately, I, I was on a ship talking about my attention work, and a woman said, well, Alice, now I know what's been wrong in my marriage for 43 years. I wonder how many people have lived in their entire relationships without getting the kind of attention they need or want. Sort of frightening. Because when kids don't see their parents getting the kind of attention they need, it's not good role modeling. Kevin, let's just start. Let's just talk about relationships. Where do you want to start? Sure. Um, well, I, I'll tell you what what I've learned from you and um, and how I've applied it in my relationship at home. And it's really as simple as the, the actual word attention. You know, just paying a little more attention to my wife, um, paying attention to the things that she asks for, some of the things that she doesn't like, some of the things that she loves. Really, it honestly just changes really the whole relationship. When it when it's really when I'm trying to do good for her, it makes me feel better nowadays. If that makes sense. Totally, it's very empowering, isn't it? It does because feel it, empowering, and it it feels like it feels like I'm doing the right thing, and I feel good about it. Therefore, it's almost like I'm also fulfilling my need. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. Absolutely, I'm glad you said that. Absolutely. Uh, and your daughter's watching all this, too, isn't she? Yes, she is. She's always there, always yeah, but, looking. But, you know, we're giving, we're role models for kids 24 hours a day. Mm. And if she sees you recognizing your wife's needs, she's going to get that. It comes through the ethers. And you can talk about that someday. You know, I got... I got her what she, you know, I think so-and-so would like this because she talks about it a lot. And I went out and got it for her. What do you think of that? See, that's well, yeah, how. I, yeah. It's definitely a quality that I'd, lo- I'd, want, her, I'd want her to, you know, uh, possess because really, you know, caring for others and just trying to listen and, well, again, just caring uh, really makes a difference in a relationship and it honestly just makes life a lot easier when you don't make everything about yourself. Well, yes, if you're going to be in a relationship, communication is essential and you can communicate by the things you do, 
give, say, you know, just this, uh, just this son asking his father why he hit him all the time when he was a little boy, open could open, and I'm sure it did open up a huge conversation for both of them. Hmm. Because the father had to think of even why the son was asking that question. I have to go back to something else about a relationship, and it does it does hint at snow plowing. When I was a preteen, a friend whose mother had passed away decided that she would form a gang with us and we would go off to the five and dime and steal things. This is a typical preteen behavior amongst girls. I understand. I didn't know it at the time. So off we went on the bus. I, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. We went down Livernois, got off. The first thing I stole was the paper bag so I could put stuff in it. <laughs> Very clever. <laughs> and I only stole school supplies. That's all. So I took it home. I put it in a closet. Nobody knew it. I knew it. On Thanksgiving morning, I woke my mother up early, and I said, do I have something very serious to tell you? Don't tell my father. He'll kill me. So I showed her the paper bag, and she acted quite well. I mean, she didn't scream. What she she did wrong, if I could call that, is she she wouldn't let me even go with her while she took all the stuff back. This was this was really snow plowing. She went herself. She took it back. She relieved me of any guilt or any responsibility. I have never stolen anything since. Nothing. And if there's a crowd where I have to put the money down, I will go up to the salesperson and say, I, I'm, I'm buying these cards. Here's my money. Mm. So when my son, my oldest son was maybe... I don't know, 13, he was in the market and he dropped a jar. And the and I said, you got to go tell the manager that you dropped something. It was an accident. Oh, I can't do it. Mom, go. Mom, I don't want to go. Will you go with me? And I remembered that event. And so I said, no, this is your, this is, this belongs to you. So I asked him this morning if he remembered that event. You mean the applesauce jar? Isn't that marvelous? <laughs> of course he remembered. He says, you made me go go tell the school, uh, the store manager. I said, yes, I did, because I, it wasn't handled right for me. Then he said, I, well, I have another one you don't even know about, Mom. I took, the, I took a flag off the uh, golf course that was near our home. I said, really, David? And he said, yeah, and I took it back the next day. I said, did you just take it to the golf course? No. He said, I walked right inside and gave it back to them. And he was very oh, proud wow. of it. So that is really uh, teaching a value. Yes, See, it, is. it is. That's another thing that that uh, snow plowing parents don't really do. Now, we were talking about that earlier. I'll go back to relationships in a minute. One of the snow plowed children... <laughs> Uh, left school because there was a rat in the hall. Now, if I I saw a rat in the hall today, I'd go the other way, but I would also go down and tell the people who were in charge of taking the rat out of the hall. See, that whole responsibility 
uh, muscle gets denied when we don't give our chance a kids, as you said, to solve a problem. Right, and that's now, what it is. is when the parents a, do all the problem solving, kids don't have a need for that muscle. That's right. Or it doesn't right. even exist to them. That's right. And so that muscle goes with them to college. And when they don't like their roommates, they don't know what to do about that. When they don't eat sauce, they don't know what to do about that. <laughs> Seriously, Calvin, one young lady came home because her she didn't like sauce. And her mother had always called up where she was going out to dinner at a friend's house and said, please don't serve my daughter any sauce. Now, when is that child... I mean, she's a college junior. See, my voice rises. Going to be able, or anybody else in her situation, going to be able to go to the kitchen caterer or whatever it is and say, I, I know this sounds different, but I don't like sauce and I can't eat it. And they work out something where she eats whatever she eats with no sauce. That is the point of going to college, to speak up for yourself and solve whatever is bothering you. I thought, because when are you going to do it if you don't do it then? Right. Okay, your turn. Relationships. How about <laughs> at work? <laughs> You've had a lot of jobs. Well, yeah. I mean, definitely paying more attention to uh, my coworkers and you know clients that I work with uh, definitely makes my work a lot easier as well. Uh, just literally being there to listen just makes my, my day a lot easier. Um, I don't have to, I don't have that negative energy about me simply because I know that I know what I need to do. And that's just pay attention. Listen. I mean, you and really I, taught me how to do that in a much easier way. Oh, I'm so glad. And how about the boss from, you should excuse this question from hell. Have you ever had one of those? I definitely have had a few of those actually. Yeah. Well, I read something recently that stuck in my mind. You never leave the job. You leave the boss. Well, I, I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I've been in many situations before where I never minded the work, but I always minded who I did the work for. It's simple, isn't it, when you look at it that way? It is. It, it is. If you... If you go home after your job is done at night and you're just feeling torn asunder and that you're not valuable and that you're not listened to, your body hurts. Yeah, it, be, it, 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 makes, it definitely causes some type of fatigue, whether it's a physical fatigue or even a mental fatigue. But at the end of the day, you know, you don't feel right. You feel exhausted. And you don't want to and deal with anything. And it just sours your mood. And you don't want to go in the next day and you don't care. Well, you know, I have to tell, I haven't told you this story. There was a big publishing group in, in Connecticut that had a major turnover, uh, uh, employee turnover. And also the, the employees started leaving earlier and earlier in the day. And they were losing a lot of money in certain departments, the printing department, for instance, and they created a, an experience called iPower. And I heard, I saw it while I was doing my research and I said, I have to go and experience that because it sounds like something I ought to know about. And what they did 
they gave employees back their power because they asked the employees for any suggestions they had that could make their jobs better or easier. Well, that's pretty novel, isn't it? it is. And they could, uh, excuse me, uh, for interrupting you. What you what were you going to say? Oh no, no, I was just agreeing with you. Oh, okay. So anyway, the the employees could put their suggestions in a box that the partners would look at. And if they chose one of the suggestions, they'd recognize them and they'd give them $10 or $20. It was never the money. Never the money. It was the recognition. recognition. I want to tell you what what they gave recognition to. One woman said that she spent an extra half hour walking around her office because the file cabinet was in the wrong place. How about that? (laughs) So they came and moved the file cabinet. It was true. She saved a half an hour a week. The painting department sometimes did not get the right colors back when they sent it out for publication. And so uh, I'll say this. So they sent, they had one of these painting uh, long things. They cut it in half and they gave the, the, the printing people the other half. Anyway, we'll be back. We're live. We're at 866-451-1451. Please call us. We have more to say. Did you know that your beliefs create your entire reality? But it's the subconscious beliefs that do most of the creating. Belief Shifter and Life Coach Shiraz can help you identify those limiting beliefs and eliminate them, often in a single session. Like it was almost instant, like... I had relief right away. Creating better health, relationships, careers, and finances. Let Shiraz help you step out of safety and into awareness. Definitely something's happening. Uh, it's like a, a flow inside. You know, it feels good. Whether in person or online, Shiraz provides personal coaching, belief shifting. Visit Shiraz at energeticmagic.com or call 416-529-7429. Energetic Magic on the BBM Global Network, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Find your greater happiness. Be well. Be aware. Be magical. Animal lover, author, artist, and public speaker, Patricia Daly Life is a Renaissance woman in her own right. A lover of animals from a young age, Patricia lives on a farm in Virginia and has rescued neglected thoroughbred horses, keeping them or finding them safe havens. She is also a published author, and her books document real-life experiences that she shares in her passionate stories, taking the reader around the world in a colorful kaleidoscope of life. An accomplished artist, Patricia Daly Life's oil paintings feature animals, portraits, stills, nature, and abstract, and she allows the brush to paint the image in an organic, natural way. A public speaker, Patricia is motivated to continually wonder about life and advocates for all of us to do the same and document our own unique history. To learn more about Patricia Daly Life, visit www.literarylady.com and www.patricialife.com or email her at pdlife at gmail.com. 
Attorney Renee Marie Smith is changing the way we sell real estate. She wrote a series of books called My Short Sale Guru Guides for all real estate practitioners. Whether you're a homeowner wanting to understand the process, an agent who has been handling short sales for years, or an industry analyst wanting to know how short sales impact your business, Renee uses her vast real estate experience to take a comprehensive look at the recent market phenomena while relaying it in an easy-to-understand format. Through her company, Smith Title Services, Renee has counseled thousands of short sale participants and processed in excess of a thousand short sales. Her knowledge is transformational for real estate professionals and laymen alike, and her live presentations provide people the opportunity to ask specific questions about their issues. Buy her books and schedule her to speak at your next event. Visit www.smithtitleservices.com or call 305-705-3428 or email her at renee at smithtitleservices.com. Isn't it time to sell your property today? Learn the My Short Sale Guru way. We're back, still alive, still at 866-451-1451, boldbravemedia.com, alive, and this is Alice Aspen March talking, and if you want to, you can go to my website, which is called www.theattentionfactor.com. Kelvin has also put me on YouTube, so I have a channel. I just want to tell you, uh, Kelvin, that I really respect and am grateful for your input because you are from a different generation, a lot younger than I am, a young father, and you see things from your point of view, and to share it with me like this, I really value that. I want you to Well, well thank you. You know, it's always great to... Uh... You know, speak to somebody about parenting, honestly, other than my my wife. But, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, in the short time that we've known each other, I've definitely learned a lot. Uh, You've made me learn how to make my life a little easier, if that makes sense. That is wonderful news. Uh, And I appreciate that because a lot of people just want to throw older people, elderly, away. We have lots of wisdom, not everybody, but talk to us sometimes. And um, I talk to everybody. I've known about that. I mean, that's a Midwest value, I think. If I see somebody who needs it being included in a conversation, I'll include them. I'm very aware of that. So for you to say I made your life easier makes me feel really good, really good. Thank you. Thank you for being here. You're and welcome, I, ju- I just want to tell you what I've heard in my years. I've heard that a man will never have Thanksgiving with his family because when he was, he will never go back to his old family for Thanksgiving because when he was 12 years old, he was put at the kids' kids' table. He, he did not consider himself a kid. He'd been demoted. He was embarrassed, and he hated it. So that's what the symptom, that's what happened to him. Another man I talked to will never, ever eat coconut cream cake because his mother always baked his cake, and she liked coconut cream cake, and she never asked him what he liked. So I suggested that he give himself, oh, and his birthday was on Valentine's Day. So he really never had a birthday party because it was Valentine's Uh Day. 
Right. It wasn't his birthday. So I said, I want you to go and give yourself the biggest birthday car, a birthday party you could even ever think of and have whatever kind of cake you want. And he did, and it was just, it, it was the best. Um, one woman that I know gets novels from her husband whenever he feels like bringing home something because he never knew what to bring her, so he didn't bring anything. So now he's bringing novels. I mean, don't please know that people do not know what we need. And we think they do. And we expect that they do. How could they, if we don't know what we need first, this has to be, this kind of conversation has to be held. Now, I was part of a big conference years ago, and um, when I left, I think it was in Monterey, two women came up to me separately and said this, Alice, don't stop doing what you're doing. My husband asked me if he was giving me the right kind of attention. What do you think of that, Calvin? Well, I mean, that's eye-opening, honestly. Uh, it um, is, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, definitely, it's so, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not the easiest thing in the world to ask either. How come? Well, because it's, like you said before, you know, we don't even know what we need at times. So it's hard to ask I, that of somebody else. Well, I, you're right. I just want to, because it's only words, it's only words you look at somebody, but you got to give them that extra sentence because they pro you're right. They probably have never thought of it that way. So let them off the hook and say, listen, if you don't know right now, let's talk about it when you figured it out. And we'll talk about it. And we'll see if I can do it or I can't do it. And we'll talk about that too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, th I have to say something before we leave. I think that all of us not only did not get the kind of attention we got or we want and need, we didn't get the permission principle to ask for what we need. I said to somebody the other day, this guy never was told that he could have an inner permission we have to, we're still waiting around for older people, older relatives, mom and dad or grandparents to give us that permission. We can ask for that permission. That's true. That is true. I forgot to say that. Yeah, we well, have to I, know that we're, that we're allowed to ask for that permission. And you know where it came from? This lady's husband does not know how to take care of himself when he's been told. That doesn't connect to him. You've got to exercise. You've got to eat this. You've got to eat that. And I said, give him some inner permission. It'll be good for him. And she looked at me right. like, where where did that come from? Maybe that's one of the things that people really want your attention about. I never thought of it that way. Ask somebody, do you need permission from me? Or do you have it inside? This is an inside job. You know? Yeah. No, no, I hear you. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Thank you. Have we covered relationships enough for you today? 
I mean, I think so. Like I said before, I mean, you've taught me a lot about relationships, and it all comes down to that one tiny little word, attention. That one little word, attention, could honestly change a relationship for the better. I mean, at least it did with me. And you know what, Kelvin? Attention means listening to someone, including somebody, looking at them, taking their arm, if they are scared across the street, going in someday when somebody's doing laundry and just saying, hey, can I help you fold the big bottom sheet? It's hard. Much easier with two people. Right. Just those little things. You know, do you want me to do the dishes tonight? Do you want me to clean the vegetables? Anything where you notice what a person is doing. I never yeah, said that either. It, it, yeah, it, like I said, it just makes life a lot easier when you care a little more. You're okay, and you know what? They will be aware that you respect what they're doing, and you never noticed before. I think really people in a relationship believe that nobody notices what they do. They're just mad at what they don't hear from that person. Anyway. It's another program, Kelvin, and I hope that I've turned people on to what to what is a bottom line for living a healthy life, a healthy, wealthy, productive, joyful life. And, and I want to thank you for to, having me on. A pleasure, total pleasure. I hope I didn't interrupt you too much. No, not at all. Anyway, uh, we're going to commercial time. Please come back next time, and these are going to be archived so you can have people listen to them, which I think would be valuable because then you can have a conversation. Have a wonderful week. No, I'm around. Bye. You've been listening to Attention Matters with your host, Alice Aspen-March. Tune in each week as Alice will provide tools, insights, and an innovative perspective on how to consciously give and receive quality attention here on Attention Matters. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.